You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. In a world filled with cigars, craft beer, comics, movies, and video games, only two men are brave enough to search out all things nerdy. It's the Cigar Nerds Podcast! And welcome to Cigar Nerds Podcast. I'm your host, Smokin' Joe. I'm Brad Jackson. And we are back. And, uh, well, we actually got two different cigars. What are you smoking this week, Brad? Uh, so I've got the uh, Partagas, the Dakotas, uh, the 10 year, the 2021. I think somebody might have even gifted me this cigar. <laughs> I just had it chilling in my humidor, and I was like, I grabbed it. And I've had it riding around with me in my car for a little while. That's <laughs> what happens when, like, you know, you have to come straight from work to recording. You don't pick up the, uh, we don't get the same cigar. Well, this week I'm smoking the CAO Flathead V23, that new new, which is uh, crafted in commemoration of the 100th anniversary of Le Mans, uh, the Mark One 660, uh, you know, celebrates the uh, V8 that, Claimed victory over a half century ago. I mean, so we're 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 both doing something that's a throwback. <laughs> you know, there's 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 a lot of history between our two sticks, even though they're vastly different histories. Which this one has a Honduran Jamastron wrapper, a Nicaraguan Habano binder, and fillers from Brazilian Matafina, Honduran Jamastron Viso, Nicaraguan Jalapa Viso, and Nicaraguan Esteli Lajero. Well, I've got you beat. Because uh, I've got a proprietary Brazilian Cameroon wrapper with a U.S. Connecticut Havano binder with fillers from Ometepe, Esteli, Jalapa, all Nicaraguan regions. <laughs> And uh, some Dominican Palito Cubano. Yeah, and the thing with these uh, V-Series uh, flatheads, they always like have really nice boxes. So if you wanted to pick up a full box, uh, this year's version, uh, the V23, uh, design is inspired by the uh, Ford GT. So it's got like cool like quilted leather on the inside and shit, and it's kind of like that uh, blue from anyone who watched uh, Ford versus Ferrari. <laughs> Kind of, kind of that same, similar stylings. Well, I gotta say, there's no missing this label. Like, it's so blue, it's flashy. <laughs> like, this it's, is one that's gonna stand out as well. It's shiny. <laughs> it's a shiny. It's a shiny. So, uh, this week we're we're going back to a galaxy far, far away. We're talking Ahsoka, the series. Uh, and if you've got to fight uh, zombie stormtroopers, you should call in Strikeforce. Strikeforceenergy.com. Use your promo code CigarNerds for 20% off your order. Uh, comes in a tiny little tin pouch. Uh, fit inside a space whale. You can fit a lot of Strikeforce inside a space whale. That you can. So what kind of flavor profile are you working with? Like you told me all about the cigar and the artwork. What the, what the hell does it even taste like, Joe? little earthy. A little nutty. Uh... Just a hit of peppery. It's a. I mean, we're just starting off, so it, they say it's a medium full, but uh, we shall see. I um, mean, it's it's got a nice little 
little kick uh, up front. It's kind of funny, like, how vastly different the cigars look. But I'm absolutely saying medium full on this <laughs> cigar as well. Um, a bit more... Uh, the, the spice is very prevalent in this, I guess, uh, from all the the volcanic soils of, of Nicaragua. But, um, yeah, you know, notes of leather, notes of cedar, notes of... Uh, I haven't quite pinpointed what kind of spice. Like, it, it lingers, almost like a like a cayenne-type spice. Like, Yeah, this one kind of starts off with a, that earthy nuttiness. I haven't gotten... I catch the hint of spice, but I've, I, it's it's not really kicked up yet. It's it's still more of that kind of sweet earthiness so far. So we'll see how it how it develops as we go. Yes, we shall see. Hopefully, we don't forget. <laughs> hey, what was that? Th- oh shit, we forgot to wrap my uh, review it at the end. But you know that's <laughs> usually the sign of a good review because you know I I would much rather sit, smoke, and enjoy my cigar. Then I had to, to like <laughs> sit there and like overanalyze my cigar and you know like like if I could just enjoy it, I know it was a good cigar. If I have to overanalyze it, I feel like I'm taking something away. It's time for a second cigar. Yeah. And speaking of overanalyzing, we're gonna talk about Star Wars stuff because you know Star Wars fans don't definitely don't overanalyze shit. <laughs> I started the uh, the Thrawn book series today, actually. Uh, speaking of overanalyzing, that's a that's an analyzing motherfucker right there. <laughs> it's like a blue Sherlock Holmes. Yes. Well, I'm sure more of that's to follow. I think we tried to transition into the main segment like four times now, and <laughs> yet here we are. Uh, if we weren't getting sidetracked, we'd get no tracked at all. <laughs> I don't know, that made sense in my head. But with that, we'll be right back. War is inevitable. One must destroy in order to create. We are no Jedi. I started hearing whispers of Thrawn's return as heir to the Empire. What happens when we find Thrawn? Such as you've never dreamed. I've spent most of my life fighting a war. That's why I'm trying to convince you to help me prevent another one. You and I both know who could help you with this. She's still just as stubborn as ever. I bet your master found you difficult at times. Anakin never got to finish my training. I walked away from him. Just like I walked away from Sabine. You never made things easy for me. Master. As a Jedi, sometimes you have to make the decision no one else can. But I'm counting on you to see this through. And welcome back. Here we are. I mean, did did we go anywhere? We went to a galaxy far, far away. (laughs) Oh, feel like I'm still here with the same cigar. Time travel's weird. <laughs> like, we went way back in time, but it feels like I've never left. <laughs> yeah, so we are talking about Ahsoka, a.k.a. Star Wars Rebels Season 6, or whatever it is. 
because I was really worried I was going to be lost with this series. Because I kind of started Rebels, and then I fell off watching Rebels. And then you're like, hey, we're going to talk about this. And I'm like, aw, crap. <laughs> like, like, you get on a level of Star Wars that... Oh, I'm like... I, I understand, <laughs> like, now, like, why you get on that level. And just because <laughs> there's so much, and it's like, yeah, I might be, like, 30-something years late to the game, but here I am, like, falling down uh, the, the inevitable rabbit hole. I'm like, okay, like, as a relatively new Star Wars fan... This has inspired me to actually go back and like start reading Star Wars books <laughs> and stuff. Like, yeah, because there's a, a mass of the. <laughs> the last thing too is like when Disney took over Star Wars, they nuked the old what we called the uh, expanded universe. Now it's called Legends, which that's what most of my fucking book collection is. But in doing that, we got like a whole of history because. The new movies came out, and that left us with, like, let's say 30 years of now blank story canvas that these Disney Plus series have done a pretty good job of starting to slowly fill in that time gap between, you know, the fall of the Empire and the rise of the the fucking First Order or whatever the hell Kylo Bitch Boy Ren's crew was called. <laughs> and with that... We've gotten uh, Grand Admiral Thorne back, and some and some of these other. So it's going to be interesting to see where this shit goes. And you know, we made the reference that this is just a new season of Star Wars Rebels. You know, Dave uh, Filoni, who's been kind of like the co-creator of the Mandalorian and stuff with uh, you know, along with uh, uh. Pavro, he wrote all the cool animated shit back in the day. Like, he was part of Clone Wars, part of Rebels. And now that he is kind of the showrunner on this Ahsoka series, a lot of those creations are all now making that jump to live action. And it's cool as shit. Like, literally, like, if you go back and watch the last episode of Rebels, I think it's like episode two of Ahsoka ends like with the like Ahsoka basically begins with what we saw at the end of Rebels. It's like almost like completely redid that ending shot in freaking live action. Which was like kinda cool as shit to see kind of how him getting a chance to either I don't know, you you want to call it wrap up or continue that story he started in in the Rebels cartoon series. I don't know. I think for me, like, you know, there there was absolutely nothing wrong with, like, following Luke's story and Leia's and everything else. Like, to me, it's just awesome to get a, a breath of sort of, like, fresh air. Like, you've been following that story for, like, the last 30 years. <laughs> I've been following it for, like, the last five or so. But... Getting episodes like this, getting to experience different story arcs, different planets, you know, that sort of thing. Like, that's kind of what's opened my eyes to, there's so much of this universe 
Yeah, there's so much shit. I, like, I, I didn't even, you know, know about, you know, just watching, you know, episodes one through six, and then, you know, the modern, you know, take with Ray and Kylo and that sort of thing, like... Yeah, and the thing was, like, when we jumped to the new movies, uh, with Kylo, you're like, how, like, it's only been, you know, a couple decades, like, how did the New Republic... Like, when the last time we saw them, like, yeah, we defeated the Empire, we're going to start a new government. And you're like, they're already fallen to, like, basically Empire 2.0. Like, how the fuck did, like, that's a, that's a shitty rebellion. But now, like, you've seen it with some of the last season of The Mandalorian, some of the new books I've been reading, where it's like, oh, you're really good at being rebels without your constraint, but when you try to become the government they're a pretty shitty government. Like, like as soon as bureaucracy and politics start becoming a thing, it's like, yeah, we, we fucked all this shit up. But at the same time, like, could that be said that that's kind of the, the downfall of any society? Because then it becomes, it's all just a big power struggle. <laughs> well, that's thing too. It's like the, uh, I think it's bloodlines was one of the books I read where it's like, kind of showing like the early government where it's like they were so scared of a new emperor rising that they're like, they didn't have like a central leader. Like the chancellor is basically just kind of like a moderator and like the Senate all like everything has to be voted on and shit. And like, nobody can agree. And it's like the government is just completely fucking ineffective. Cause it's like, Hey, it's like modern government. <laughs> yeah. So it's, yeah. So it's like, we get, you know, Ahsoka is still out there being a rebel, you know, and, you know, yeah, you know, we'll back you up. And then, you know, as soon as, you know, General Hera has to uh, go ask permission to, like, take her fleet somewhere, you know, the, the, the fucking government's like, oh, no, you can't do that. We don't have any proof that, uh, you know, but back in the day, it's like, fuck that. There's some empire shit going on. Let's, let's go blow some shit up. <laughs> it's like. Yeah, the the chain of command was much easier uh, back in the day than now. You have to get like you know Senate approval to to go uh, fight evil. Watch your exhaust ports. <laughs> yeah, that's it's always an amazing thing to me with all like the cool ships and the badass technology and everything else. And it's like, aha! But our exhaust port is our weakness. <laughs> Well, isn't your exhaust port your weakness? <laughs> I don't know if it's a weakness or not. <laughs> it's all fun and games, and somebody gets a torpedo in the exhaust port. <laughs> I mean, maybe that just means it's more fun and game. I, I don't know, Joe. <laughs> Could I don't go either know. way. Yeah. There's a 50-50. <laughs> oh, so we get uh, live-action uh, Sabine Wren, uh, played by Natasha... Liu Bordizzo. Of course, we get Rosario Dawson returning as Ahsoka Tano. You know, Anakin's uh, Padawan, now Jedi uh, Master herself, I guess, since there's not a whole lot of Jedis left. <laughs> it's like her, just her, Luke, and a couple other random fuckers around the galaxy. But, uh, and we get uh, our first live action version of uh, Hera Syndulla, um, played by Mary Elizabeth Winstead who's kind of you know, already in the Star Wars family because she's married to freaking Obi-Wan Kenobi in real life. <laughs> this is Mrs. Uh, Ewan McGregor. 
as excited as I was to see the live action uh, versions of the Rebels, I was kind of more excited to see live action fucking Chopper and like the ghost and like the ships and shit from Rebels. I'm like, fuck yeah, it's Chopper, and he's just as much of an asshole in real life as he is in the animated version. Uh, yeah, I, dude, I mean, it was just so badass, like, at, at Dragon Con this year, like... Oh, yeah, that, just, that fucking Chopper we saw yes. was, was legit. Like, I don't know if somebody built that or if they just bought it, but I'm like... Like, just walking down a random hall and there's, like, an entire collection of fucking badass droids... I want a badass droid. And also, uh, David Tennant as Huyang, which is the basically like a thousand year old droid who was the kind of lightsaber construction. And like, so all the younglings and Padawans like would go to him to, to, uh, learn how to build lightsabers, uh, which we saw him in the Clone Wars, uh, cartoon series. Uh, not sure how he eventually came to be hanging out with uh, Ahsoka but fucking David Tennant just I don't know man his which and that's the thing too about the live action series like we're possible Dave has included the voice actors that played this stuff in the anime so you know on Mandalore the Mandalorian we had uh, Katie Sackhoff who voiced Bo-Katan playing Bo-Katan and this we got you know David Tennant voiced the bot and he voices who Yang in the, in this series as well. Uh, even, uh, Clancy Brown who played like, uh, I can't remember his name, but he was the, basically the governor of, uh, Lothal. And so we got to see him playing that character live action. And even when we finally get to grand Admiral Thrawn, it's Lars, uh, Milkinson who voiced the character on, uh, on rebels. And he's got kind of a, you know, up until this point, you know, not really, I've read a lot of the, uh, the Thrawn stuff, you know, the original heir to the empire trilogy. And then, uh, the new books, uh, and the new continuity. And I'm about halfway through the, uh, the new, new, where it's like, take, it's like, takes place when he's still in the, the, uh, ascendancy, uh, before he joined the empire. It's like, you know, kind of a, a, a young, uh, whatever, I guess, origin of the, of, of the character. But his voice acting on, and, you know, he has a very, like, I don't know, it, he doesn't seem that menacing in the books because it's, it's very much told from his perspective. And even though he's working for the bad guys, he's got kind of a, a code of honor and, like, respects his opponents. And it, 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 he's like a blue fucking Sherlock Holmes, like the like, especially in the books where it goes deeper into kind of his like thought process, but just his like calmness, even you, the shit he says just sounds like so menacing, even though it's like, it's it's he's you know he's not like Darth Vader where he's just like full of rage and shit. You know, like no, this guy's a fucking genius, and like I will destroy. Uh, I'm playing chess, you're playing checkers, and I'm always five steps ahead of you. So I don't need to be stressed out, but it's just his like kind of calm demeanor makes him like even more like minute. Like, Oh, this dude's going to fuck some shit up. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's, that's always the thing. Like the person that's just acting out of sheer rage. It's like, 
yeah, you you might be unpredictable. You you might get some licks in here or there, but you know, the guy that's a true, you know, playing the long game and, you know, playing to strategy and psychology, it's like that's the dude that's going to fuck you up. <laughs> yeah, cuz that's a, if you don't know anything about the character of Granum, he's he's a genius, but he's also he, he's very much the warrior poet. He's like very much into art and like looking at a culture's art, he can kind of predict how they're going to act based on history and shit. And it's, it's kind of cool just how he like, you know, his brain works. (laughs) And I do like when he first finds out, uh, cause he's never met Ahsoka Tano that I can remember. And, uh, you know, when, and we'll get into it later on, but he's like, he's one of the few people that knows Anakin Skywalker is Darth Vader. Like that's kind of a secret in the empire, but he's, you know, smart enough to know that shit. And he actually, in some of the books, you know, served with both Anakin and Darth Vader. And, uh, what he's like, yeah. Oh, there's a Jedi coming to, coming to stop us. Like, get me everything you have on this Ahsoka Tano. And then his like, you know, Minion comes back. He's like, oh yeah, she's, uh, uh, you know, gives him like, this is everything we have on her. And he's like, her master was Anakin Skywalker. Hmm. Yeah. Prepare for battle. There will be no negotiating with the Padawan of Anakin Skywalker. (laughs) But I just think it's, you know, kind of great. Like when it comes to battles and stuff and he's like, ah, you know what? We're going to sacrifice this ship. We're going to sacrifice this group. So, you know, like small victories that will be perceived to him are just like, no, it's all part of the master plan. (laughs) Yeah, he's like always like five steps ahead of everybody. Uh, But we've got some some new characters introduced in this series. We've got uh, Balin Skull, played by Ray Stevenson, and his uh, apprentice Shin Hati, uh, played by Ivana Sakno. And... I always like bad guys that you kind of understand them. They're not just like evil for evil's sake. And, you know, Ray is basically, he's, he has fallen to the dark side, but he's not a Sith that I would say, you know, he's not like out for, you know, I don't want to control the galaxy. He's operating. He's not like, Oh, I'm the next dark Lord of the Sith. No, him and his apprentices are operating as, uh, as fucking mercenaries. There's like, you know, we, we, uh, yeah, can use the dark side because we're no longer, you know, we got kind of dis, uh, disillusioned with the whole Jedi thing, but we're also not trying to take over the galaxy. We're just trying to make a buck. So he's like very much like, like you see people like Kylo Ren, Darth Vader, any of these like Sith Lords, how they, you know, like you know, being an angry asshole makes me powerful where this dude's just very much like, yeah, like I'm, I'm, I'm going to kill you because I'm getting paid to kill you, but it's kind of a shame that I have to kill you because, you know, there's not a lot of Jedi left. He's like, you're almost like, is this guy a bad guy? <laughs> Cause he's very like kind of nice about things where it's, <laughs> I'm going to kill you with kindness. Yeah. He's almost like, I'm just seeing too much shit in the world and I'm kind of tired of it all where his apprentice is very much like, you know, I, I want power and all this other stuff. And he's like, 
yeah, it's like the Jedi and the Sith. It's just the fucking same side of the different sides of the same coin. And it's like just this never ending cycle. And I kind of, this mission, I think is going to find a way to kind of stop that cycle. Like I, I want more than power. I want like, you know, fucking peace. He's <laughs> like, he's like, he basically fuck the Jedi, fuck the Sith. Like, like we got to find something new. <laughs> it's like this, this whole two side system is just not working. Like where's the middle ground? Yeah. <laughs> kind of sounds, yeah, familiar. <laughs> he, he's the, uh, the star Wars, like, you know, libertarian. <laughs> Fuck but I mean, that system. is the thing, like, you know, I mean, politics is all wrapped up, you know, I mean, I think that was one of the reasons I was a little bit late to Star Wars is because I knew, like, the symbolisms, you know, tied so much into political history and stuff like that, but it was designed to be, it's space, it's fun, it's entertaining, and, you know, like, is it though, is it? Like, I live in the sad, grim reality that everything <laughs> sucks. Like, And I gotta say, his character, too, is very... Like, when him and Ahsoka duel, they're pretty much the same character, nearly, because she's very much, like, gray Jedi, where she's like, I don't agree with everything the Jedi did, but I'm still a follower of the light side, where he's like, I don't really agree with everything the Jedi or the Sith did, but I'm more inclined to follow the dark side where it's like both of them are very much wanting to be in the middle, but she's just leans a little light and he leans a little dark. <laughs> I don't know where I would fall. It even says when they first like finally duel cause he, she's fought uh, his, his other little uh, associate and uh, uh, um, Shin there. And he's like, I don't really want to kill you, but you've, this is the only way. Like you've, you know, like you, you're too much of a Jedi. You see no other way than, than fight. Like, you know, we could both like coexist, but you know, you, th you think you have to destroy in you when there's like a, a fucking middle ground. And then, like, the second time they meet up, you know, he's, yeah, she's like, I don't have to kill you. There isn't, you know, she's finally kind of come around after her, her kind of final lessons, which we'll get into that in a second. And, you know, and she just, like, I don't have to kill you. I just have to distract you. And, you know, get it, you know, and he's like, ah, oh, we meet again. You know, I hate to kill you, but I can't let you interfere. And she's like, yeah, you're right. There is another way. I don't have to kill you either. I just have to get around you. And just fucking, you know, distracts him with, uh, with a strafing run and, and steals his fucking horse dog. <laughs> All right. Better new alien horse dogs or, uh, turtle grasshopper guys. <laughs> oh, which would sell more toys. <laughs> I don't know. I kind of wanted them both. <laughs> like the fucking turtle guys are just badass. Like, you know, just, I'm a, you know, they just want to chill, do their own thing, you know? Like, they're not out fucking with anybody or, you know. It's not like the fucking Jawas where it's like, <laughs> they're going to steal shit. all your shit or anything. It's like... There's peaceful nomads trying to not get, 
you know, killed by the witches or, <laughs> or the, um, you know, roaming marauders on this, this planet. But back to the kind of the reasoning behind all this, uh, you know, if you haven't watched Star Wars Rebels, it ended with, uh, fucking what's his name? Um, Ezra Bridger, uh, summoning the Star Whales, and they basically grabbed Grand Admiral Thorne's ship and jumped them all into hyperspace into unknown territories. Well, apparently, they actually jumped to a whole new galaxy, a galaxy even farther away, <laughs> where he's been kind of stranded because he's like. All right, you know, you're the Empire's greatest weapon. We're just going to sit this war out. And, of course, the New Republic, a.k.a. Rebels, you know, won. And in the books, Grand Admiral Thrawn returned at some point and tried to, you know, rebuild the Empire, which that looks how they're, we're going to get a version of that in the, Star, in the new Star Wars universe because, of course, this ends with Thrawn getting rescued. But yeah, so his, uh, there's a map, uh, to this other galaxy that Ahsoka is trying to find and it's coded. So she has to go seek out Sabrine Wren cause she's cool with technology to try to unlock this map. But then also the bad guys are trying to get said map. I do like when we first see Ahsoka in this, when she's like playing fucking Tomb Raider on some on some world or just using her lightsabers, like cut holes and shit. And then like pops up and there's like this battle droid. There's like, give us the map, you know, or face us. And she's like us. And then like all the droids pop up and then she just like starts playing whack-a-mole <laughs> jumps back in the hole and starts just like cutting holes and <laughs> dropping dudes like in. Somebody gave Indiana Jones a uh, lightsaber. <laughs> uh, speaking of referencing other movies, did you, did you like how, her the fucking Lord of the Rings shit that happened because she starts off she's very much grayscale wearing gray robes all this other shit and then the first time she fights uh, uh, Balin Skull she gets knocked off a cliff into the ocean and wakes up in the, uh, the basically the the world between worlds uh, from from Rebels which is basically like a I guess like a shadow realm or whatever where she sees her sees Anakin for one last lesson, but when she comes back from the dead, she's all white, like wearing white robes and white outfits. It's I like started she... off as Gandalf the Grey. <laughs> yes. I am now Gandalf the White. Started off as uh, Ahsoka the Grey and fought the Balrog and came back as Ahsoka the White. <laughs> but besides this, this whole thing had a very samurai movie feel to it oh yeah the like i even the the planet the first planet they go to to where there's like a location to you set the map on a pedestal and it shows you the way the pink leaf trees very much that uh i don't remember the name of the trees but they're in you always see that picture in like samurai movies of those pink trees and shit and it's like it's like a cherry blossom yeah that's that's what it is cherry blossom trees so yeah, it it had that kind of, and even the um, Ahsoka's fighting style. We're all about to go get cherry blossom tattoos. <laughs> even Ahsoka's like fighting style when she's dueling uh, uh, Balin first, he's very much has like a medieval sword style, and she's very much like 
Even though she normally dual I mean, wields. He's the he's the heavy. She's the, you know, you know, light martial artist. Like, you know, yeah. very like you said, very Japanese and, you know, her techniques and everything else. Yeah, his stuff was very like just whatever, brute. Eastern European <laughs> sword fighting style. And like and she normally like dual wields, but she was like single wielding and was very much using that kind of samurai style of sword fighting. Uh, and then when you get to, when they make the jump to the other galaxy, you see Thrawn and his troopers, cause they've been stranded on this planet for, I don't know, however many years at this point, uh, five, six, 10, whatever. They don't have like, you know, Imperial factories to get new armor and shit. So everybody's like armor's kind of dingy and cracked, but it's, all pieced back together with like looks like gold. Uh, so it's that whatever was it Kusagi Kitsagi, the Japanese style of repairing broken things with gold. So like the kind of the the damage becomes like arts. We we smoked that cigar that was named after it. I can't Kintsugi. remember. Kintsugi. Yeah, Kintsugi. So yeah, all their armor is kind of like pieced together that with that gold like uh, Kintsugi style. And I was like, it just kind of adds to the whole, you know samurai movie aesthetic well it also helps if you have some witches too to hold some shit together witches please <laughs> yeah this is the first time we've seen live action death morian witches too yeah they were creepy as shit yeah <laughs> like i didn't realize like in the star wars universe like actually how dark some of the stuff is and i'm like you know there were some legit you know horror elements here i'm like you know, that that's kind of, you know, the other thing that started me down the pathway of, I need to explore this more. <laughs> yeah, if, because um, there was, if anyone doesn't know, there's, in the Clone Wars cartoon series, uh, Count Dooku's apprentice, uh, Asaz Ventress, is of the uh, Death Morian uh, witches, which are basically, they, they have a power similar to the Force, but it's, they call it magic. And it's like the females are all, you know, a.k.a. the witches, are kind of the leaders of this culture where the men are kind of just brute slaves. Darth Maul was a was from Death Moor. He was a Death Moorian male. But in the Clone Wars cartoon series, like, the fucking Separatists, like, wiped out, you know, all of the witches. Uh, so like the fucking Salem witch trials all over again. <laughs> yeah. So supposedly this galaxy far, far away is like the planet of origin where the witches originated before they came to, uh, Dathomir. And, uh, you know, apparently Thorn, 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 uh, <laughs> woke up the ancient, uh, Thrawn, you are a thorn in my side. Woke up the, the witch mothers and, uh, has been using them to kind of survive. And the only thing is I, I, I feel like, you know, it's a very dark art. And I kind of feel like, all right, we will grant you this request, but it's going to take a piece of whatever humanity you have left, you know, type thing. Like, there's got to be a price. Yeah, because he seemed fairly normal. And it, the attention to detail, too, because, like, you know, how his troops were all kind of fucked up. Like, when you see him, he's still, like, very, you know, white, clean uniform. But if you look closely, you can see where, like, just the edges of things are frayed a little. Where, like, you know, even he's not you know, come out completely clean of this surviving in, uh, <laughs> in this uh, new uh, environment. I had a close call. 
and you you kind of using the witches to communicate with uh with Morgan uh in the the you know the main Star Wars galaxy to to kind of lo- lead her there to to uh rescue Thrawn. All right. So and him coming back is like they're clearing out a whole bunch of things out of this catacombs that not sure what they are, but you know, they mentioned that Thrawn woke up the witches, so I'm pretty sure he just brought an army of either zombie witches or witches in some kind of stasis that you know, we're going to get full on fucking witch battles in the <laughs> whatever comes next. Well, you made the reference, you know, of Lord of the Rings. I mean, you know, if we got bad witches, it stands to exist. There has to be good witches. So at what point do we get, you know, the white witches? Like, <laughs> you know, that would be a very Wizard of oz you know, type thing. That's one thing I'm kind of surprised, too, since we're doing this, all the, talking about the witches, that we didn't get an appearance by a live-action uh, uh, Ventress. Because, you know, in the in the Clone Wars cartoon, eventually she you know, abandoned the, uh, the Sith and basically became a bounty hunter. Uh, <laughs> so maybe she'll show up at some point, uh, and whatever, if we get a season two or, or whatever movie or, you know, whatnot. Cause as far as we know, she's still alive. We've, I mean, this is a successful series. I don't see how you don't get a season two or like I said, leads into whatever. Cause apparently Dave, uh, Filoni is already, planning on a movie, some movies. So don't know where this story will be continued in a second season of Ahsoka or a future movie. Someone, I saw a theory today though, cause we know Thrawn is returned. And at the end of Mandalorian season three, he was like, Hey, I'm, I'm going to become a bounty hunter again, but I don't want to work for bad guys anymore. So if y'all need any help hunting down Imperial remnants, I'll cut y'all a deal. So if Thawne's back, that's probably going to be the number one target that the the New Republic will want to hunt down. So does this lead us into Mandalorian Season 4? And it's fucking Mando going after Thrawn. (laughs) I can see that. I mean, it only stands to reason. You know, Disney has a way of like, oh, we can't just have this one thing. It's all got to tie into all the things. Oh, you know, it'd be like, well, I like the Mando. I like, you know, Ahsoka. Um, but here I am now. I got to follow this new thing, um, you know, to try to stay in the loop. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and I do like, uh, let's talk about general Hera for a minute. (laughs) I like when you, uh, whatever. So being in Ahsoka, go out and get in trouble. And she's like, all right, taking the ghost. I'm going to go rescue him. And they're like, general, you, you, you can't, there's a meeting. And he's like, it's the thing about being a general. You can do You can disobey orders too. <laughs> he's like, he's like, tell the council, whatever you want. I'm going to go do this thing. And then you get, uh, uh, fucking the, uh, I can't remember the captain from, uh, from, uh, Mandalorian. He shows up to like back her up and she's, he's like, you know, you're risking a whole lot uh, doing this, uh, General. And she's like, well, you know what they say? Once a rebel, always a rebel. And he's like, you know, on your lead, Phoenix leader. Because, <laughs> yeah, the Phoenix Squadron was uh, was you know, what she ran back in the day before she you know, became a, a general. So, you know, 
bringing bringing uh, you know whoever it wants to go a little uh, go a little rogue. Carson Tiva, that's a. Uh, that's I'm just really name. disappointed that there wasn't room for a uh, fucking. Uh, Black Sabbath war pigs in here. <laughs> All the generals, witches in their black masses. Oh shit! <laughs> like, it's fucking awesome. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. <laughs> I don't know a lot, but I know how to tie music into some shit. Oh, and we got uh, uh, Jason uh, Harrow, you know, which is Jason and and uh, our uh, Hera and uh, and uh, Kanan Jarrus's uh, son. I, I like when she's like, "All right, yo, I need to talk to Ahsoka. Who uh, Yang? Why don't you show him around your ship?" And she's like, "He's like, do you, do you know how to build lightsabers? Yes. Will you train me? No. Or no? He's like, I was like, oh, you change red eyes? Will you train me? He's like, no. He's like, you build lightsabers? Yes. Will you help me build lightsaber? No. <laughs> It's like, damn it, come on. I'm I mean, be he is Jedi. just so matter of fact. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah, when he's like, you know, he said I was like the, you know, the worst Jedi he'd ever come across, or I had the least potential of any Jedi he'd ever come across. He's like, you told her that? And he's like, yes, it's true. <laughs> <laughs> and I do like when, because uh, they're, you know, traveling across the galaxy inside of a, space whale where he's like oh yeah this is just like the story you know she's like yeah this reminds me of the stories you told me in the uh you know when i was a kid he's like i still have all those stories in my head if you you want to know she's like nah maybe later and then they start discussing how uh sabine uh you know instead of sacrificing the map and saving the galaxy she chose to go to go uh save ezra at the risk of the entire galaxy and uh and who Yang rightfully points out, she's like, well, and she's like, well, yeah, I didn't train her enough to make the right choice. And she's like, well, maybe for her, that was the only choice. And she's like, all right, you may be right, but how about you tell me one of those stories? Let's change the subject. Tell me one of those stories. He's like, all right, a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. And I was like, fuck yes. It's like hearing somebody say that shit out loud in a, in a Star Wars thing. It's just <laughs> I got way, they way did more excited the thing. About, about that than I should have. And you know, we talked about kind of Ahsoka's transition. I like Sabine's kind of story arc as well, where she starts off. She's first off, she's trying to be a Jedi, and so she's like, no armor. I'm, I'm gonna use I'm gonna use a lightsaber. And gets fucked up. So then she's like, alright, I'm a, I'm a fucking Mandalorian. I'm going to do Mandalorian shit. You know, armor's up. Dual wields. Guns. But that's not enough. And when she finally, like, kind of unlocks her force potential, she finds that balance between being a Mandalorian and being a Jedi and becoming a Mandalorian Jedi, where she's, like, dual wielding, like, blaster in one hand, lightsaber in the other, and finally starts to, like, fuck shit up. It's like, she has to like balance kind of like the two sides of her personality to find kind of her, 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 her way of being a Jedi. Well, and I, and I think that that's, 
I don't know. Like, for the Jedi to be the light and the good guy, and it's like, no, you just rob kids from their home and throw them into <laughs> your ideology. Like, there's no room outside of the Jedi code where, you know, this now, it's like, yeah, like, if you got man, like, fuck a lightsaber, like, that, or, you know what, fix bayonets and have a fucking lightsaber mounted on your blaster. Which, Ezra did that at one point. Like, his, in the Rebels cartoon series, his first, the lightsaber that he gives to uh, Sabine is his second lightsaber. His first lightsaber was a blaster and a lightsaber combo. <laughs> It got destroyed on some episodes. They had to build a new one. And like that, yeah, when they when the bad guys, sh- when he finally meets up with him and the bad guys show him, she's like, here, have your lightsaber. He's like, no, it's your lightsaber. He's like, no, this is your... He's like, no, I gave it to you. It's your lightsaber now. I don't need a lightsaber. The Force is my ally. <laughs> and Kung Fu. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, uh... Oh, what the hell is it? Iman Asfandi, who plays the... He did a good job of playing the grown-up version of of Ezra Bridger. It, it, he very very much had that kind of childlike uh, attitude uh, where he's like, he's like, who the hell is that? And she's like, ah, she's like you, but less fun. He's like, Light, lightsaber? Yep. And you're like, ah, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. I mean, overall... The, the arc was good. All the characters had a good transition, you know. Ahsoka, you know, you know, learning how to, you know. Be a, a master. <laughs> exactly. Like, I'm like, it's not so much Sabine failing as you just wanting to teach this one way and only that way. Like, yeah, cause, and she's very much. When she gets knocked into the spirit world and, and uh, faces spirit Anakin, he's like, I'm, I'm here to teach you one last lesson. It's called live or die. And starts going through, like, key moments in the Clone Wars. And I've heard, like, supposedly they're they're making a series with the actress who played young Ahsoka in, in this. And he's like, you know, she's... I guess you call it, like, survivor's guilt or something where she's very, you know... She walked away. She's like, you know, maybe if I didn't walk away from Anakin, he wouldn't have turned to the dark side. And I walked away from Sabine because after the Mandalore got blown up, I thought if she became a Jedi, she would fall to the dark side because she would seek vengeance. And it's very much like all her own like insecurities. And you know, and when she has to fight, you know, Anakin and and shit, and finally like, you know, beats him, and she's he's like she's like I want to live, and he's like ah, there's there's hope for you yet. Like you're you're no longer living in the in the past with like this fear. You're now like I don't want to just kind of sacrifice myself. I want to go on and 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 you know improve the galaxy you know one way or the the another. There's just so much to dissect with this. Yeah, it's. But one of the speaking of witches and horror, we got motherfucking zombie stormtroopers. Yeah, like you had sent me that text, and I'm like, 
like and I, and I saw them like with their the red I'm like that's not a zombie storm and then the the episode progressed and I'm like that's a fucking zombie uh, <laughs> like legitimately like you know fucking trying to like bite at you know fucking people and stuff I'm like yeah like they're they're trying to delay you know, Ahsoka and her team, uh, so they can escape the planet. I mean, which that might work better for stormtroopers anyway, because they're not doing shit with a fucking blaster. Like, <laughs> I don't yeah. understand why they haven't given up on on the stormtrooper thing. Like, I mean, I get it; they're just cannon fodder, but you know, still, like, can 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 they not just like like? It's hard dude, to see shit in those helmets, apparently. Yeah. Well, you just. And then you get some Mando helmets. Those things you can you can you can see out of apparently better than stormtrooper helmets. <laughs> oh, but I mean, just like an entire like you know, we got a small squadron of like six or eight zombies. Dude, if you had a whole fucking platoon, like th- that's absolutely formidable at that point. I do like you know zombie uh, stuff still applies in a galaxy far far away because you got to take off the head to stop the zombie. <laughs> but yeah. He's like, you know, gets a, a squad to, to volunteer to to slow them down so they before they get to the ship, and he, you know tells the witches like, I need your power one more time. They're like, All right, yeah, we got you, homie. So like, as soon as like they take out all the stormtroopers, you know, witches cast a spell and they all start like start rising and shit. And like, you see like the flash of like the green magic inside their helmets and stuff. And you're like, and she's like, uh, Ezra, has this ever happened before? And he's like, No, nope, this is this is new on me. <laughs> and then you get. When they battle all the way to like the top of the spire, and you get the two uh, death troopers, that apparently those guys have been zombies for a while because like their masks are smashed. You can just see just rotting, legit trying to bite motherfuckers and shit. You're like, oh goddamn, fucking Star Wars zombies! This is because they they did a couple like horror books, uh, Death Trooper and Red Harvest, which kind of took place. It was like a zombie apocalypse in the Star Wars universe. But yeah, this is the first time I've seen them bring that shit into live action. And it was like, this is fucking awesome. <laughs> See? Now I'm going to have to check out those books. This is this is going to be a never-ending rabbit hole. Yeah, I mean, just look at all the books around. <laughs> See, if you don't go into the, the Legends canon, you just go with the new shit. There's not that many books. If you try to do it all, yeah, you're going to be there a while. <laughs> it's like it's like 30 versus 200. Yeah. <laughs> 3200. <laughs> oh, I'm going to be like, "Dude, I found this thing." It's like it was really bad. At, all right, Brad. Like you you've exhausted like actual Star Wars stuff. You're just now reading fan fiction. <laughs> I didn't know there was so much porn in the Star Wars universe. No, dude, you're on you're on the wrong website. That's <laughs> oh, that's why I shop on Audible. <laughs> oh, and also we get some some weirdness. Not only do we have the uh, the land between land, you know, they're able to get Ezra aboard the Star Destroyer and. Thrawn escapes back to our universe with his giant hyperspace ring, le- supposedly leaving Ahsoka and Sabine stranded on this planet. 
but then we get a few clues that maybe they're not stranded because in the world between worlds from rebels you kind of use that as a pathway to travel between time and space i'm pretty sure there's gonna be some kind of portal on this planet to get them back to the <laughs> regular universe that are somebody that hasn't quite been introduced yet is going to make an appearance well, at the end, when they're kind of wrapping everything up, it shows Balin Skull uh, standing atop these giant statues, which looks a whole lot like the Mortis Gods from uh, Clone Wars, and and he's pointing at something, which in the Clone that's how Ezra found the world between worlds to begin with was a painting of that dude pointing at something that turned out to be the fucking portal, uh, and in kind of the Clone Wars and shit, the Mortis Gods, there was the father who represented the balance, the son, which kind of represented the dark side, and the daughter who represented the light side. Well, in that episode of the Clone Wars, she dies in, to save Ahsoka. And you're, there was, it was kind of implied that Anakin was going to be the new son and Ahsoka was going to be the new daughter. So this is possibly the planet that not only, like, is the origin planet of the uh, witches, but the origin planet of the force itself, since those God statues are there. So do we even get Ahsoka coming back to the main universe, or is she going to be her and Sabine going to be stopping Balin's skull from, I don't know, becoming some kind of force God or some shit. Yeah. <laughs> Are they stuck on that planet, you know, in the next, uh, <laughs> stop it. Cause she's like, we're, everyone is where they need to be. You know, Except Ezra's home and we're here and everyone's where they need to be. So I'm like, are they destined to stop whatever shit Balin's going to try to try to commit there on that planet or, uh, no. or are they just going to find the portal and get their ass back home? <laughs> Luke's going to show up. <laughs> Because she also sees that bird too, which the bird kind of represented the this the the daughter and has kind of shown up to act as a guide for Ahsoka and a few things in the in the uh, Clone Wars and and Rebels series. So the fact that she sees the bird then is like, hmm, follow me. I'm going to show you all the portal home, <laughs> or I'm just going to show you where the bad guys are. As the crow flies, <laughs> yeah. Sons of Anarchy is now in Star. Wars. <laughs> I, mean, I already got speeder bikes. Yeah, pretty much same thing. I did see somebody who made a legit speeder bike. It was like the way it was set up. You couldn't see the wheels of the motorcycle that was obviously inside the speeder bike thing. But yeah, there was like a dude who built like a an actual speeder bike. <laughs> okay, I'll put that on my uh, after the wedding list. <laughs> Do or do not. There is no try. <laughs> yeah, she's like, you've been keeping up with your training? I try. I do. <laughs> so I'm going to stop you before he is. Oh. Yeah, and I like, once Ahsoka kind of comes back from that near-death experience, she seems much lighter. Like, like she's more smiling and more, like, kind of playful. Where before she was like very serious, which is very un Ahsoka like. Where it's it's nice to see her kind of go back to the more lighthearted 
character that she was like pre <laughs> when she was a you know she regained some of her childlike wonder in the force. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because a little bit of Rebels that I, you know, I remember. Yeah, she's just very youthful, very, you know, very much childlike. And then I'm like, okay, she just went like full on mom mode. <laughs> like, take it back a few notches. Uh, oh, we also got like a live action version of Rex. Like, definitely want to see <laughs> see more. Yeah, of him. I was like, so much more badass in Star Wars than what I could ever pull off when we were playing X Wing. <laughs> I'd be like, oh, I got decimated. That's not supposed to happen. <laughs> oh, and that whole scene where like Hera and Chopper in the in the Phantom trying to throw the tracker on that. Uh, <laughs> that ship that was leaving and Chopper's like, you know, fucking, he's like, no, I haven't been touching your stuff. Just get the fucking tracker and this time don't miss. And it's like, I was like, oh, this like them two like bickering at each other. It's like, I was like, oh, this is just straight up. It's, it's fucking rebels in live action. This is fucking awesome. <laughs> or, or when she gets, uh, she's on trial for disobeying orders and going off on her own where it's like, you know, C3PO shows up to save her ass. Uh, and, um, He's he's like, you know, I'm here on behalf of uh, Senator Organa, who, uh, you know, did not know y'all had a meeting without her. And, you know, as head of the Security Council, she she will let this slide. Uh, But, yeah, this mission was authorized. And, like, he's like, are we going to take the word of a mere droid? And Chopper's like, motherfucker. (laughs) (laughs) Captain was like, no, calm calm down, Chopper. Chopper's ready to, like, cut a motherfucker. (laughs) Such a gangster. Yeah, even C-3PO's like, yeah, yeah. Leia said this shit was cool, so... Uh, you got any more questions? <laughs> and the Chancellor's like, well, that that settles things unless unless you want to argue some more. No, I'm not going to argue anymore. And like she goes up to Harry's like, I don't know what y'all are playing at, but we both know like she didn't authorize this mission. I'm like, yeah, she did. Eventually. Because, <laughs> uh, like, you know, in the new Star Wars movies, you know, Leia's running something she calls the resistance and kind of in some of the newer books, uh, it's like, yeah, she's like, all right, this government can't take care of itself. So I'm going to have to basically start my own like secret military to stop the threats to the new Republic. The new Republic's too stupid to fucking stop on their own. And I very much see like Hera, like her eventually be like, all right, Hera, you've done as much as you can in the, uh, official defense force. Like time to join the resistance. (laughs) well i mean that's the thing is that you know all the senators are just so passive i'm just like yeah she's like did you serve in the war he's like well no he's like oh so you just hung out and waited to see which side came out on top (laughs) uh i was going to but i had bad knees yeah i had asthma i couldn't join (laughs) oh yeah me too uh that's why i smoke cigars now (laughs) yep punishing my lungs I mean, if I keep punishing them, it's going to make them stronger. They're going to have to work harder. It's like a muscle. They're going to build. My I, lungs are as strong as they've ever been. I do just want to kind of see an origin of how, like, Ahsoka found uh, Hu Yang. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was the thing, too. Uh, I liked when uh, Ezra starts building a, a new lightsaber. 
because uh, he's like, no, like I gave you my lightsaber. So he's like in the Hu Yang's workshop, and he's like, here, use this. He's like, no, it's too small. He's like, I've been building lightsabers since before you were alive. Like, yeah, but I'm looking for something specific. And she's like, well, he's like, well, who taught you how to build lightsabers? Uh, Kanan Jarrus. He's like, oh. He's like, how about this? And it's like the same lightsaber emitter that Kanan had on his lightsaber. And he's like, yeah, I'm I'm the one who taught him how to build a lightsaber. And I, I had two of these. I gave one to him and I kept this one just in case he ever needed a replacement. So it's fitting that you should have it. So it's like, you know, at the end, his lightsabers very much looks a lot like his his master's lightsaber, which I thought was kind of a cool connection. That looked like it would be like a pretty common piece though. <laughs> Apparently every Jedi's lightsaber is unique. That's how they kind of identify Balin. He's like, I know every lightsaber ever built because I taught everyone how to build lightsabers. So let me, it's like your lightsaber is a fingerprint. They just, they don't like, you know, they don't mass produce the lightsabers. Every Jedi has to make their shit just a little unique. Kind of like all us, you know, gun guys now. They're like, we got to Cerakote and engrave our shit so it looks unique. <laughs> Everybody's got to have something. <laughs> something just a little bit, uh, a little bit It's got to have a reflection of personality. Yeah. Everybody sets their shit up just a wee bit different than everybody else. <laughs> Except for me. I'm just like, it's going to be plain. <laughs> It's like everybody's talking about their custom Glocks, and I'm like, I got my stock Glocks. <laughs> Get you a 10 millimeter. <laughs> That's why I started with 40, and I got with 9, just because it was common, and at the time it was cheaper. Yeah. Ammo-wise, it's cheaper. <laughs> But apparently 10 mil is the new hotness because everyone's like, I gotta get me a 10 mil. That shit hit, hit harder. <laughs> That's just like, uh, you know, the 6.5 Creed more. <laughs> uh, now they got the whatever, 8.6. Which is like the new 300 black, but bigger. <laughs> Everybody gotta have that new hotness. Ugh. Speaking of new hotness, so what do you uh, think? Uh, my, mine's just going to be a four bore. <laughs> just going all the way up. That thing's fucking insane. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a goddamn shoulder fired artillery piece. Got hurt like a motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, uh, for whatever it hits. <laughs> I'd be like, hey, we had a tree there for, you know, a target. Um,. Target's no longer there, and the tree's laying over on its side. Oh, I do like, uh, in Rebels, fucking Ezra was always constantly stealing Stormtrooper armor and uh, sneaking into places, and that's how he makes it off a, he ends up stranded on a Thrawn ship, and he's like, nope, time to, time to pull an Ezra special and dress up as a a Stormtrooper. (laughs) I mean, what better way to blend in, you know? And then, like, you know, rolls rolls in and, like, Balin's ship that he's stolen. And it's like, hi, Hera, I'm home. Like, you know, all the troopers, like, you know, draw down on him. He lands in the ship and the chopper's like, wait a minute. I know this motherfucker. <laughs> it's like a dog. It's like, I recognize the scent. <laughs> even with the armor. Armor probably has stank real bad though. <laughs> it's fine. That's how you keep the zombies at bay. 
<laughs> yeah, you gotta you gotta blend in. You gotta you get that stank on you. Stank on you. So where do you think we go from here? What's what's next in the in the uh, galaxy far, far away? Do you think uh, we're getting some kind of version of Heir to the Empire? It certainly looks like they're uh, setting that shit up. Which I'm wondering how they'll kind of change the story from the original Heir to the Empire story. Because that shit that certainly didn't have witches in it. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe, you know... I mean, he called for one last favor. Maybe we're done with the witches. He just drops them off on their planet and like, all right, do your thing. Like, I brought you and your survivors or whatever the things are in those capsules uh, back to Dathomir for y'all to rebuild. So now I'm going to go track down the Imperial Remnant. You know, what didn't get blown up on Mandalore when when the Mandalorians uh, fucked up uh, Moff Gideon. I don't know. I, I, I kind of feel like we get the, the Mando kind of crossover that you alluded to earlier. Yeah, because if they're going to do, like, the heir to the Empire story, that was very much, like, Luke, Leia Han heavy. And in the time frame we're at, all those people are way too old. So did we get the de-age digital Luke? Well, you know, and, and I've seen that theory. Because, and... I mean, they've they've done de-aged Luke pretty good in... in uh, Mandalorian uh, series. So like, the only thing is the amount of editing and everything else. Yeah, you almost have to be stupid expensive. Yeah, if to have say a full movie with Luke, I don't know if the de aging is going to be enough. Like you may have to like recast. Which Sebastian Stan looks like fucking young Mark Hamill. Oh, they got it. He's already in the Disney family. You know, he's fucking Winter Soldier. So that's all I do is got to get him to play uh <laughs> play new Luke, but and I, I, and get what's his name that played Han and Solo to play uh <laughs> play Han in the in the new world. I mean, it, it, I get it. It's nostalgic for those, but at, at some point, like I'm tired of everything now feeding on the nostalgia factor. Like I'm ready for new fresh ideas like let's fucking pass the torch and actually pass the fucking torch and kind of move on you know um that's something is like the stuff disney plus has been doing has been so much better and, than and, the and that's new my point exactly gotten. like you know if yeah let the people that let favreau and the people that are writing this shit write movies because well the, you know and, last and maybe three movies we got were just Dog shit. Not well. I won't say dog shit, but they were inconsistent, and, and they were basically they just redoing Star Wars. To necessarily be movies, because you know, I feel like the theatrical pressure that comes with that is so much more. Like that. That. Speaking of that, fucking bullshit from this last movie that came out. That literally, like in the opening crawl, it just says, "Somehow the Emperor returned." <laughs> And then Dave Filoni gave us a whole fucking series that showed you how Grand Admiral Thrawn returned instead of just saying, somehow, Thrawn returned. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I mean, wish they'd have given that kind of, like, storytelling to the fucking movies. Because there's no explaining, like, hey, Emperor's back. Deal with it. <laughs> yeah, and, and I mean, realistically, like, you know, most of these episodes were somewhere in the 45 to 50 minute range. 
you know, if you try to compress that down to even a two and a half or three hour, like, you still wouldn't have been able to, you know, give what this season did as far as... No, this would have to be, a, for the same runtime, this would have been like a trilogy of films. <laughs> but, you know, like, I guess that's one of the reasons why I'm enjoying the series so much, because, you know, like... I don't have to wait two, three years to exactly. conclude a story a storyline, which like, this one did a very good job of telling us a coherent, singular story but then also setting up for whatever the next story is where it's, you know, if, if this was a movie, we would have been cliffhanger, wait three years, cliffhanger, wait three years, finally get a conclusion. (laughs) Maybe, you know, because, you know, would this have had the popularity in a theatric environment? Hmm. You know, if, if, if this is competing with whatever the other, you know, blockbuster hits or, you know, lined up to be, does this get the attention? Or if one doesn't get, it's not very popular and then no one watches the, the, the next one. Like where this is, I, we got eight episodes. We got two, two months worth of time to complete this story. We're like, we saw that when the new movies came out and they're doing like one a year people disliked the second one so much that when Solo came out, Solo kind of bombed, even though it was probably a better movie than the three main trilogy because they were just getting you know, too much at once, I guess, or not great quality of stuff. So, it, you know, Well, I mean, you, you like... I don't know. I guess there's less risk with TV where I can watch... I don't have to leave my house to go to a theater to watch Star Wars. Like, I can... And you're not banking on, you know... Okay, we've got Mark Hamill, who we're expecting, because of the name recognition and everything, and his, you know, lineage with the Star Wars franchise to carry this film. Like, you can't put that on one dude and be like... But that sequence of him at the end of Mandalorian Season 2, when he shows up and fucks up all those, like, Death Troopers, if they do an Heir to the Empire, I kind of want to see, like that Luke because we've never really gotten good Luke at his prime I mean he was still kind of becoming a Jedi in the original trilogy and in the new trilogy he's like old man past his prime uh, Yoda Luke I want to see Luke in his prime like fucking shit up so if they do either a series or a movie of Heir to the Empire even if they have to recast it I want to see that Luke. I think we got kind of cheated out of that with this new trilogy where we bear, we didn't even get Luke in the first movie until like the very end. And then he's kind of grumpy hermit through most of that shit. I, w- I want to see I'm fucking old man on my Island. Yeah. I want to see master fucking Skywalker fucking shit up. And I hope we get some version of that, uh, as they kind of fill in the time. And, and maybe that's why like, you know, You've been around, you know, the the franchise, you know, all your life. I, I've been the last 10 years, you know, and, like, I didn't even know, like, oh, yeah, there was a time where he was an absolute badass and blah, blah, blah. Like, I'm with you. Like, the Mandalorian is what gave me that glimpse. Yeah. And I'm like, where, where is that in all of the films? <laughs> yeah. Well, as we kind of wrap this up, or we know they're planning a 
kind of a continuation trilogy with Ray in like the the and it's I think it's titled the New Jedi Order. Do we get Ahsoka coming back from like the far reaches wherever the fuck she's dropped on this planet with like oh yeah I've been training a whole bunch of new Jedi over here in this galaxy far far away and like we actually finally get a movie where there's like in the books like Luke rebuilt the Jedi Order they were like hundreds of Jedi which we didn't get that in the new trilogy it's like oh we killed them all off again Luke's still like the last motherfucker and this Ray chick that we so like we've never gotten movie of since like the prequels we've never gotten a movie with a whole Jedi Order just been a handful of dudes <laughs> So it'd be kind of nice to see a, a universe with more than like five Jedi. <laughs> and that in itself is the Jedi mind trick. So uh, what do you think of uh, your cigar there? Wonderful. I mean, I, I, I'm still enjoying it. Um, not much of a huge transition. It, it's remained. Um, I will say that the, uh, the spice that I was getting there at the beginning, um, kind of subtled and it's turned more into everything that I like from a good Nicaraguan cigar. It's, you know, hints of leather, just a touch of spice all around, just wonderful flavor. And if you haven't, you need to try this, uh, V 23. I, I think this would be, we have similar tastes. Uh, so I think this one would be up your alley. The, it kind of started off slow, like very earthy and, uh, and and nutty, but the strength and the pepperness has picked up as as I've gone through. I'm kind of in the final third here, and it's definitely stronger than I thought it was going to be from like the initial light up. So it's it's kind of just it's like all right, we're going to start you slow, and then we're just going to slowly ramp up as you go, and then you know it'll probably so what you're saying come is in the for a foot is on the throttle. Oh yeah, full throttle. <laughs> Remember those? I haven't drank one of those in forever. <laughs> Had one a few weekends ago, I think. <laughs> That's all we got for you uh, this week. Uh, we'll be right back with some news. Check us out. Uh, uh, like, comment, and subscribe if you're watching on the YouTubes, and we'll be right back. <laughs> wait new doctor who is on its way we're gearing up to celebrate the 60th anniversary of the show with a brand new doctor let's welcome shooty gotwa as the 14th doctor um no shooty is the 15th doctor david tennant is the 14th doctor wait 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 i thought david tennant was the 10th doctor 
Okay, I'm confused. Confused? Well, your friends here at the Earth Station Who podcast are here to help you through all your Doctor Who questions. Check us out wherever fine podcasts are found. Yes, science! And welcome back. It's time for some science! I just want to state for the record, it was really hard to try to count backwards in Spanish. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we, yeah, we we always learn it like, you know, one and up. It's like, oh, fuck. Like, I don't remember. <laughs> like, how's this shit go backwards? It's like, do we actually know how to count in Spanish or do we just know how to count in order? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, the reason why we're, we, between segments, we're listening to Zusil. Mauricio something or another. <laughs> like, I, I listen to one Mexican rap song and now YouTube thinks I'm a Mexican. All my ads are in Spanish. <laughs> so be warned, it will fuck up your algorithm. <laughs> I need to know about all the tequilas, all of the salsas, all of the quesos, <laughs> all of the señoritas. Well, uh, we've talked about 3D printed food in the past. Well, now apparently it's available for the first time like to consumers uh a 3d printed vegan salmon can now be found on the shelves of austrian supermarkets why are we so obsessed you know what grinds my gears let him cook trying to create and call foods that are not actually foods okay (laughs) like there is nothing Vegan and salmon that go together, okay? <laughs> salmon is a fish. So yeah, whatever you... you've created is some kind of science byproduct. It is not fucking salmon. Yeah, and if you don't like meat and stuff, why do you keep trying to make shit taste like meat? Just fucking eat some vegetables, motherfucker. <laughs> uh, this thing is called the filet, inspired by salmon, uh, uh, from the food tech startup Revo Foods. Uh, it's thought to be the first 3d printed food uh to reach supermarket shelves and it if you look at the photos i mean they even put the kind of the muscle striations that are on your typical salmons and whatnot uh to make it you know try to look as much uh salmon like as as you can um it is made with uh micro protein which comes from filamentous fungi so basically it's flavored mushrooms uh but they say, as for nutrition, the product contains a range of vitamins like its natural counterpart, omega-3 fatty acids, and is also uh, considered to be high in protein at 9.5 grams of protein per 100 grams of fake fish. But it's kind of interesting. I mean, if we can 3D print foods like that are not that are meat based i mean so we're going to be like that one vegan that starved death because she was getting none of the nutrients that she actually needed for survival (laughs) well this one at least has protein in it but yeah if i mean if like the uh, the cheesecake uh thing we talked about before there's like a 3d printed cheesecake that kind of cooked it as as printed if we get like kind of closer to the uh the uh Star Trek uh, food replicators where it's like, all right, it's going to 3d print me a burger, but it's made with actual meat and it like 
cooks it and assembles it as it goes. So it's like, I don't have to do shit except hit a button and come back in 20 minutes and like, Hey, dinner's dinner's done. <laughs> the lazy person in me kind of, kind of likes that. Uh, I mean, you know, don't have to like, you know, order Domino's. I can just, you know, 3d print a fucking pizza from the Domino's app in my, my food 3d printer. I mean, if, if I had a food 3d printer, I think I would do better than Domino's. <laughs> I get it. You got to set the bar low. Yeah, I mean, it's 3D printed food. It's not gonna be. It's not gonna be great. <laughs> but at least if it, you. Know, but yeah, it. I just don't understand. Like, stop trying to replicate. Like, hey, we have this new food. Try it. See how you like it. But if you tell me, oh yeah, this is uh, this is salmon, but it's not salmon. Like I, I'm gonna be disappointed. I'm gonna be like, no. Here's your salmon flavored mystery pa- paste. Well, like th- it reminds <laughs> like the space me of food like, we used to buy it. Like, uh... <laughs> it reminds me of elementary school, right? Like, I, I I remember for some reason, like I don't remember a lot from back then, but I just remember going through the cafeteria one day on Chicken Finger Day, and literally, like, there's a shaker can, and it's like chicken flavor powder. <laughs> I'm like. What the fuck are you feeding me, like, dude? Elementary school food. I want some goddamn Alpha Brown Betty. That was the shit. I have yet to find a good uh, uh, version of Apple Brown Betty as the, as the shit we used to get in school. We probably just got to go to prison. Yeah, smuggle some in our prison wallets. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. Uh, from. Fake food to possibly fake aliens. Uh, you know, we with Dragon Con and all our interviews, we've not done any science in about a month. But during that time, uh, apparently, uh, Mexico claimed to have mummified aliens uh, that were presented by UFO researcher Jamie Mousen to the uh, Mexican Congress, claiming they are thousand-year-old uh, fucking alien mummies. <laughs> Okay. Which are very E.T. like. They kind of like some of that shit from, like, you know, Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull. <laughs> I mean, if they're mummies, we can just unwrap them and they fall apart. But then that exposes the zombie. Well, they don't look... They look weird as shit, but they, you know, they don't like traditional mummies, but they're just kind of, like, mummified... They're basically alien jerky. <laughs> I wonder if we put them in a 3D printer, what they'll taste like. (laughs) According to doctors who examined it using CT scans and x-rays, the bodies have a single skeleton that has not been joined to other pieces, uh, and each was a complete organic being. Uh, And uh, they said it appears in the abdomen pieces look like it could be eggs. Uh, Face huggers, anyone? I mean, so far they've not like cut these things open and done any kind of DNA taste testing, but you know, <laughs> <Taste> other testing, <laughs> yeah, taste testing, <laughs> but, uh, other, you know, there's kind of conflicting, uh, uh, opinions. Like I said, some of them are like, Oh yeah, these are definitely like a complete creature where other scientists, uh, have, uh, you know, the aliens, this, this guy has presented supposed alien, uh, mummified corpses before, which turned out to be the corpses of human child or a dog that was basically just kind of pieced together in 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 some kind of uh, 
way, which yeah, that, that's kind of the theory of some of this is just basically like it's a fake alien, but it's a really old fake alien is <laughs> where it's like, it looks like some, you know, there are a skeleton in there, but it doesn't look like the skeleton's actually connected. Like, um, one presenter said that the, the uh, one of the thigh bones is actually a femur, uh, facing the wrong way, uh, according to the x-rays. So it's like, it is a very old, uh, mummified corpse, but it is more than likely just, some shit somebody pieced together a fucking thousand years ago. It's, <laughs> it's still fake. It's just a really old fucking fake. We made this using plaster. And 3d printed salmon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and you, you, you've had pet spiders. Uh, well, um, a certain species of spider produces a venom that, uh, could replace Viagra. Oh yeah, I've heard about this. So you're gonna let your spiders bite you to see if it gives you boners? Mm, um, no. <laughs> Scientists in Brazil have been able to create a synthetic version of the vital molecule and are now looking to test it out on men with erectile dysfunction. Um, yeah, apparently, uh, Phonotria nigriventer, some times known as the Brazilian wandering spider of, uh, or banana spider packs a nice nasty bite with venom that can cause an array of symptoms, including extreme pain, tremors, cramps, profuse sweating, weakness, and changes in the heart rate. But in some cases, smaller doses of venom, uh, can provide, uh, erections. Now, does it actually cause erections, or is there, you know, some weird fuckers with a like spider fetish that oh, get I'm, a boner when they get bit? No, I'm, I'm, I'm sure it probably has something to do with, you know, side effects, you know, heart pumping, you know, <laughs> blood to places, um, you know, chemical reactions within the body. Like, I, I'm pretty sure, like, just, like, I think I can, you know, remember, like, I'm. Yeah, it's not going to be a pleasant experience. It's not like... It's going to be like, oh, I'm in pain. Everything hurts. Um, this is uncomfortable as fuck. Um, you know, now, if they're able to dilute it and you yeah. only get that effect minus all the other effects... Then... Well, that's kind of what they're trying to go for because they say uh, if you're a male and receive a bite from the spider, you may experience uh, priapism, which is a condition in which the penis remains erect for hours... Well, that can be an unpleasant experience causing intense pain and potentially permanent damage to the penis. Well, researchers have identified the bioactive compound responsible for the erections, a peptide called BZ371A, and have synthesized it in a lab. So, uh, a preliminary testing on mice uh, at the Federal University of Minimus Geralis in Brazil uh, have been successful treating, uh, you know, given mice boners without the attached uh, bad things. See, I kind of feel like this is going to lead to uh, you know, like fucking Wood Rocket just needs to go ahead and do, <laughs> you know, a Spider-Man, you know, spin-off, you know, instead of getting by radioactive, radioactive and getting you, you boner get, powers, you know, now you're just going to be shooting, you know, fucking sperm that's uh <laughs> fucking webs. <laughs> It's so sticky. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Tests so far have demonstrated that the compound works with the application of a minimal amount and without any toxicity, as it is 
practically not detected in the bloodstream after the effects go away. So, spider boners. That could be a thing. And, uh, which I believe they found it by this point, military lost a $135 million jet and had to ask the public for help finding it. A uh, <laughs> marine aviator uh, bailed out of a F-35B Lightning uh, over South Carolina when he lost control of the autopilot and uh, was and but instead of the plane crashing, shit flew off without him once he bailed out. <laughs> the AI's like, ha ha, mine now, motherfucker. Uh, but I did see a really funny meme though, because this could only happen in the military. It's like what's the repercussions for losing, you know, a hundred million dollar plane? Nothing. But hey, did we find that guy that spent seven dollars uh, last month on uh, something unauthorized? Oh, yeah. yeah, let's go after him. <laughs> or it's like, hey, we left like billions of dollars of weapons in uh, Afghanistan. Uh, yeah, let's let's not raise a big stink about losing this jet because they'd be like, hey, what about all the other shit y'all lost that are now in the hands of our enemies? Uh, but so yeah, they they at the time were asking <laughs> help from the general public to uh, see if anyone. Anyone happen to notice, because uh, unfortunately this is a stealth aircraft, so they're like, uh, radar don't work. I mean, you can't put a fucking Apple AirTag in that motherfucker. Like, I've got find my phone on my phone here. Like, does the military not have some kind of low jack for their shit? <laughs> well, I would feel like if they had that, then, you know, that would just be more grounds for, you know... Which, then again, then again, the conspiracy theorist in me is like... Aliens? Hey, let's see what happens if we lose, you know, an aircraft and what the public outcry is. <laughs> oh, the military is so incompetent. Oh, our enemies just got their hand our, on yeah, our we, latest tech. We want to sell um, this to somebody. Of- we can't sell it to somebody. Let's lose it. <laughs> and then we'll throw some debris out in the mountains of South Carolina somewhere and like, be like, you know, oh, like, see, this is it. It definitely crashed. You know, the the people that profit off of wars, um, you know, are, are, are just, you know, foaming at the mouth right now. Like, yes. Oh, yeah, yes. Give it another month. You're going to be able to buy a F-35 knockoff on Wish or something from... I already from can. China. I went to Timu. Ah. <laughs> Wish 2.0. That's all I got for you this week. Uh, we'll be right back. And now it's time for all things nerdy in Nerd News. And welcome to Nerd News. Yeah, news. And in this rendition of news, we're going to get in the holiday spirit. And not the traditional holiday spirit. Halloween? Thanksgiving. We just skipped right over Halloween and went straight to... Dude, I'm always a fa- fan of, you know, holiday, uh, you know, esque horror, horror movies. And, you know, I mean, like, Thanksgiving killing comes to mind. Yeah, we've, we've numerous both horror and action Christmas-themed films. But, yeah, the, the Thanksgiving is kind of a untouched holiday. I mean, we had a couple Black Friday movies, but that's, that's about it. Uh, it but, so... Yeah, it's kind of nice seeing a, a a new entry into the Thanksgiving-themed uh, horror movies. Yeah, and I mean, I'm always a sucker of a good slasher film. So, you know, um, watching the trailer for Thanksgiving uh, just looks like it's a riot. Yeah, it looks like it fits the, the normal slasher kind of uh, formula. 
looks like there's probably some kind of something bad happened on this date previously, and now something is back for vengeance. You stole my cornucopia. <laughs> and killing, you know, some dude dresses a pilgrim, killing people with implements of Thanksgiving stuff. So looks like somebody gets roasted, somebody gets corn cobbed. It's, <laughs> it's fucked get, up. You know, cornholed by a corn cob, you know, that type of thing. Like, words Ooh. of wisdom. Yeah. Whoa. No bueno. <laughs> Death by corn cob. Is someone going to get pumpkin pied? <laughs> I don't know. Somebody get boiled like a devil egg. I mean, there's so many ways you can uh, implement uh, Thanksgiving-themed kills. I'm going to need to toss you before I toss you into the potato salad. Does he cut one person open and stick him inside of another person inside of another person and make a human for Duncan? My mind's just kind of blown. <laughs> God, we at some point, like, we should be trademarking ideas and be like, you know what? This is pretty fucked up. Uh, you know what? I'm a big fan of metal music. Let's call Rob Zombie. He can make that happen. If not in a film, you know, at least in a, you know, music trailer or something like Human for Duncan. It's <laughs> my next album title. <laughs> but yeah definitely looking forward to this one um as of right now it's set to release on uh november 17th of 2023 and you know it's gonna be a bloody good time when uh Eli roth is in the helm of the director seat yeah yeah from a little franchise you know called uh uh hostel uh, hostel <laughs> I, I blanked there for a minute i'm like I get him and Bloom confused. Well, speaking of Bloom, you can't have Blooms without some bees doing some pollinating. Nice transition. And you can't have bees pollinating without a beekeeper. <laughs> yeah, hot off uh, Expendables 4. Looks like Jathan Statham is back in the action genre with a, a, a movie called Beekeeper, which apparently the beekeepers are some kind of secret... Uh, I mean, they keep all the network hackers and all the people doing evil shenanigans in check in the cyber world. <laughs> yeah, so apparently hackers steal a bunch of money from a nice old lady who ends up killing herself, and he goes on a vengeance spree because he's... The Punisher? Pretty much. Yeah, you know, he's like a, some kind of secret assassin who uh, has bees in his free time. <laughs> I don't know. Death by stings. And apparently honey is really flammable. <laughs> I don't know. I want to test this theory. Yeah. You still have any more of those honey pocket packets left? No, I need to go. Like, I can't wait to the. I gotta find some more of that hot that pepper honey because that shit was good. I've got uh, a business card. I'll try to find it and send it to you because I was like, yes, habanero honey is amazing. Yeah, I need to. Yeah, I gotta order some of that if I can figure out if they actually like sell it on the website. If not, I'm definitely going to the Renfest next year to get some more of that shit. But yeah, this. Uh, I mean. Dude, I'm I'm always a fan of uh, Statham, but I mean, you got you know fucking Samuel L. Jackson, you got you know fucking John Cena, all kinds of people in this motherfucker. Or maybe yeah, that's that the was Argyle. another one. You, you're, you're getting the trailers confused. God, I did such a good transition, only to fuck it up. <laughs> we were on such a roll, such a roll. Well, uh, fine. Let's talk about Gargoyle. I mean Argyle. You know. Um, with uh, Witcher himself, Henry Cavill, uh, as... Dude, this such an epic fictional cast. spy. You know? 
Um, yeah, Samuel Jackson, John Cena, Bryce Dallas Howard, whole bunch of motherfuckers. Uh, so apparently a mystery spy novel writer accidentally predicts the future. And the th- feel like that may have just happened with the book I just finished. <laughs> the like Jack Carr-esque. Well, um, I, I mean, dude. All right, tangent. Whoop. So, you know, the terminal list was highly successful on uh, fucking... Uh, Prime, Prime, but uh, you know, I just finished the the tenth book. You you had beat me to it by a couple of months, I think, finishing it. So we could never actually seventh book, but yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, seventh book. I don't know why I was thinking ten or is it six? I fuck, I don't remember. But yeah, it's it's not ten yet. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, just some of the uh, yeah war between factor uh, fiction, you know, with Iran you know, and Israel. Uh, hmm. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. But yeah, so the, apparently the events of her book turned out to be real. So now spies are trying to track her down to, uh, you know, get her to, I guess, predict more, more spy shit. And I guess a Cavill is like a James, I mean, we get another James Bond movie. They got to replace James Bond. Like the more I see Cavill do these spy roles, I'm like, why the fuck? I mean, he's English. Cast this motherfucker's James Bond. <laughs> he has the look. He has the skills. He gets the girl. Yeah. Just go ahead and make him the new James Bond. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Argyle, set to release February 2nd of 2024 uh, uh, with Matthew Vaughn in the director's seat. <laughs> and I think, because we kind of talked about this when we talked to uh, the CIA guy at DragonCon, that like, you know, if you're a famous spy, you're a bad spy. So you got Henry Cavill playing the fictional spy who's very, like, James Bond. And then you got the actual spy who's very, like, doesn't look like a spy. I'm like, yeah, that's how like actual intelligence dudes would probably look in real life. You know, just kind of normal dude on a train. <laughs> what do you do? Oh, that's I do espionage. espionage. <laughs> and it's about to get real. Speaking of getting real, um, we're going to switch it over to some nerdiness with, uh, the, the Marvel's trailer. Uh, looks like, uh, Carol Denver's, uh, has reclaimed her identity. Yeah, so now we've got a uh, the the sequel to Captain Marvel, the Marvels, uh, with uh, you know Miss Marvel uh, making her jump from series to uh, theatrical, and uh, Monica Rambo from uh, uh, the Scarlet Witch, uh, yeah, Scarlet Witch uh, series. Yeah, all of them, uh, Marvel or Captain Marvel based powers. <laughs> Damn, November's going to be having busy team up and shit. We're going to have. Uh... The Marvels, we're going to have Thanksgiving, like, <sighs> fall has become the new blockbuster summer. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, uh, November 10th will be the release date for uh, Captain Marvel, or not Captain Marvel, just the Marvels. The Marvels. <laughs> we're getting all the Marvels, not yep. just the Captain. Yeah, captain, the Lieutenant, the Sergeant, yeah, whatever all their ranks are. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of ranks... This guy probably ranks a little bit. Because he's toxic. And he avenges. He's the toxic adventure. Yeah, anyone old school, like, weird trauma Dude, this, movie this was fan. so much, you know, just fucking... Because even though this is, like, I'm guessing a, a fairly professional creation, you know, like a, you know, an actual, like, you know, movie, movie... They made the trailer look so much like bad trauma. 
even though this has got modern special no, effects. No, it looks and awesome. It, it doesn't look bad. It looks you know, awesome. Bad trauma is good. I mean, it's like the the cheesy effects, but it, you know, I can't wait to see what they do with like actual technology and a budget. And we have Peter Dinklage as the fucking Toxic Avenger. Can you get a better actor? Like, it, it, it seems so wrong to have a guy of his, like, caliber playing the fucking Toxic Avenger. This is going to be awesome. <laughs> it's either going to be really awesome, or it's going to be really bad, and it's still going to be really awesome. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was released September 21st at uh, uh, Fantastic Fest, but we don't have a... Date on a theatrical release yet, but uh, we do have our first trailer uh, for the the to- Toxic Avenger, uh, and yeah, I'm I'm excited for this shit. <laughs> yeah, Let's keep watching them socials because shits are coming. The Dink is back, and he's here for vengeance. <laughs> <laughs> dink vengeance. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. But yeah, for folks that really want to get paranoid, um, highly recommend if you haven't, just read all the Terminal List books, <laughs> especially the most recent one. Oh uh, yeah, it's like they come out and six months later, it's like things happen that seem like the plot of the book. <laughs> well, like, like literally, I finished the book today, but you know, I started a week ago, and like, you know the. The fake attack on Israel just became reality. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, it kind of like I read it back in the summer. So you reading that now, it's like oh, I mean, it's like the whatever, the dev, the oh, fuck, the one that was about uh, a biological attack. They were reading in the middle of fucking COVID. It's like, god damn it, Jack, this shit's just a little too real. <laughs> <laughs> Your intelligence sources are divulging a little bit too much information. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but if that's all we got for you this week, check us out on CigarNerdPodcast.com. We're on the ESO Network at ESONetwork.com. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at CigarNerdPod. We're on the YouTube at, at CigarNerdPodcast. And with that, use the Force, Sabine. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> and this has been a recording of the Cigar Nerd Podcast. We're your hosts, Smoking Joe and Brad Jackson. Join us next time for more adventures in nerddom. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.